Hoosier experience. I'm joined by daily Hoosier comrades, Dustin Dapirik and Mike Schumann, to talk about Indiana basketball, kind of check in where we're at at the midseason point, and then we preview the Purdue game, which is tomorrow night. I'm recording this, obviously, on a Wednesday. This will be released shortly. Um, the guys uh, just... We just talk, talk Indiana basketball, go position by position, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, an interesting conversation about a very interesting team that I think is is hard to figure out right now. Um, so we try to do that. We we try to figure out this this Indiana team. We, we try to figure out why uh, why Trace Jackson Davis can't shoot. Why Archie Miller won't give a concrete answer, and why uh, this team is the way that they are. Please enjoy uh, this Daily Hoosier only, this Daily Hoosier exclusive. All of us uh, write, obviously Mike Owens, the site, Dustin and, and I are both writing for the Daily Hoosier. I'm a company man, first and foremost, if you know anything about me. So yeah, plug in the Daily Hoosier, go check it out. Um, the three of us got together and, and talked Indiana basketball. It's a good listen. Uh, check it out. And uh, follow those two. Dustin's at Dustin DePierick. Mike Schumann's at underscore, Daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Great coverage over at the Daily Hoosier. Check it out. And hope you enjoy this podcast. Three seconds. Two seconds. Riddell all the way outside the Watford. Three on the way. Oh! And Wyatt! And Wyatt! And Indiana wins the ball! Welcome to another episode of the Hoosier Experience Podcast. My name is Aiden Kunst. Today I am joined by my two daily Hoosier, uh, I guess, co-workers, Dustin DePirek and Mike Schumann. Uh, we have a, a daily Hoosier-only podcast today. Uh, Mike, I, I would have worn my shirt that I bought the other day off of uh, the store, but I, I forgot it. So how are you guys doing? <laughs> doing great. You're like the probably the fourth or fifth person that's bought one so that's very exciting to me okay. i'm buying a shirt i didn't know there were shirts i'm buying a shirt <laughs> oh yeah we're big no one time. informed me that we had shirts this is <laughs> we've got merch we've got merch we've got merch this should have been part of the hr email Mike. come on man <laughs> <laughs> i'll have my people get back with you on that yeah get get, get your people right on it man <laughs> <laughs> so get your shirts uh i I can't tell you where to find them uh, off the top of my head, but what go on the website and, and get them. Uh, we're here to talk about Indiana basketball and, and an Indiana's game against Purdue tomorrow. Uh, today is Wednesday, January 13th. When we're recording this tomorrow is obviously Indiana's home game against Purdue. Uh, but first, just kind of, kind of wanting to check in uh, mid season, not really mid season, but, but nearing that, that point. Um, I guess it is midseason, but uh, Indiana, you know, has played like 13 games so far, um, 11 of them against high major teams. You know, there's kind of a it, it's it, we're at the point where we can kind of evaluate who this team is, even though, you know, some of that seems to still be up in the air. Um, you know, what have you guys let, let's just start. Let's start with Archie, because Archie is has not won against Purdue. Um, and, and he's kind of a hot topic amongst IU fans right now. Um, just broadly, what, what do you guys make of the job Archie has done this season with, with this Indiana team? 
Yeah, I think I think the trend of you know favorable progression continues and it continues on a, a slow pace. I mean, I was just looking at his or not his, but the team's Ken Palm metrics at the midpoint here of the season and and you know their offense and their defense adjusted offense efficiency has trended each year in the right direction and it's continuing to do that this year but then you you take a step back and say okay those are those are the advanced metrics but you know this is an eight and five team with the three and three record in the big 10 doesn't sound too different than than what we've seen in the past so you know you you think about the the spectrum of you know fans and patients with with a head coach you know you've had since almost the beginning people that just have no tolerance for for what he's doing and then you have people that you know you know, in year five and year six are going to be able to just keep saying, wait and see. Um, I, I personally believe that, you know, you know, those trends look right. I think they're just in a really tough league where I don't think anybody's going to run away with it or post a really impressive record coming out of this big 10. So I, I think you're going to have to almost have two minds of it. It's, you know, the, the numbers look good. You're, you know, the eye test passes when you, feel like you're seeing a better product on the court, but it, it's, you know, you're not going to be talking about a, a team that wins 15 games in the big 10 or anything like that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, on top of that point, it, it is a slow progression. I mean, they are better. You can look at it and see things. Okay. This is, you know, this guy looks like he's playing a little bit better. This guy looks like he's growing up some, this, you know, the defense seems like it's, it's, it's more effective. They're shooting it a touch better. But I think obviously what's frustrating about Indiana fans is it's getting better slowly, number one. And number two, you're not looking in a scenario, sort of a future that looks, man, so much brighter, you know, where I think when when you were um, in the Tom Crean era, especially the beginning of the Tom Crean era, there was this notion that like, okay, like you were building from absolute ground zero that everything had been blown up and started over. And, you know, in the not too, like not too far into the program, you started to see these big classes start to build up for the future and, and these big recruiting wins that were, you know, not just immediate, but also se- several classes out in the future that you could say, okay, when they get this guy and when they get that guy, when they get that guy and they get that guy, you're looking at a loaded basketball team and, and you could talk a lot about the future. And right now there's, it, correct me if I'm wrong, there's exactly one committed player who's not currently in the program, right? Logan right. Duncan, that's it. Um, and so you're, you know, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a nice player, but I don't think you look at him and say, man, that's a surefire all American, uh, you know, one or two and done guy who changes the program. Like you looked at it that way with Cody Zeller, um, or, and you don't have a bunch of them, obviously the, the movement class of 2012 didn't end up being what it was supposed to be, but it was one of those things that sort of provided hope for what the future was going to be. Um, you, you don't necessarily have that. And you have the very real possibility that Tracy Jackson Davis, you know, decides to call it after this year because um, he will be draftable, um, certainly, and obviously he's been draft eligible, but he looks like a guy that is at least popping, popping up um, in these mock drafts, not necessarily a first-round guy, but can be a second-round guy, um, and don't know that it makes a ton of sense. He's not going to suddenly be 6'10", 6'11", and I don't think he's going to start shooting, you know, two or three three-pointers a game next year either. Um, so, you know, there's, you stand a good chance of, of losing him, and you're probably not going to get a guy that's better than him um, you know, for next year's team. So, you know, ultimately the, the, it is a slow progression and also doesn't seem to have this sort of end point where, 
man, if he just hangs around until that year, that everything's going to be great. It's just, you keep evaluating him. And again, there is progress. So there's no, no alarm bells that go off and send many really got to get rid of this guy. Cause it's not going anywhere. Um, but it's not going where Indiana fans want it to go nearly fast enough. Yeah. I think that's a good point because, you know, and I, I'm just fascinated by this recruiting stuff. And, and I always like to look towards the future and, you know, they just don't, it doesn't look great right now when you think about yeah, Duncan is a, you know, uh, not super highly, I, I like Logan, but he's not a super highly ranked, uh, you know, big man. He's going to be a probably productive big man in the big 10. You look at a guy like Christian who struggled, um, who knows? I mean, he could transfer pretty, pretty, he could. I mean, he, you know, he, he's not getting the minute. I mean, this is a guy who said he was going to dominate the big 10 and that's why he came here a year early. Um, and, and right now he's not producing and, and he's not getting minutes for good reason so far. Um, so, you know, I think it just feels like they have a lot of nice young players, but I don't really see any kind of game breakers at this point for the future. And mm-hmm. like you said, I think that the point about Trace is key. Like, you know, he's he's like a top 50 pick in all the mock drafts. And he's like, he how I don't see a path to him coming back and then sneaking into the first round next year. Like I don't, I don't see him jumping 20, 25 spots in the draft just because he comes back and, and maybe he adds, I mean, there was talk about him adding a jump shot, you know, this off season and it hasn't really come to fruition. Um, you know, I, I, I think one of the ways we could do this kind of mid season check-in is, is kind of just go by position group and, and just kind of talk about some of these guys and what they've done uh, quickly here before we get into the, the Purdue game itself. Um, so let's just look at let's let's start with the bigs and and without Joey Brunk this year and, and for the foreseeable future we've got Trace Jackson Davis we've got Race Thompson and and we've got Jerome Hunter and and to some extent Jordan Geronimo has played played a lot of it before when he's gotten in there you know I don't think there's that much to be said about Trace he's a stud he's gonna be an all big 10 first team guy um, up there in the I think he's what the second most valuable player according to the Ken Palm uh, uh, overall rankings as far as players. He's been he's lived up to the hype and then some. I think uh, although he has had some of these quiet stretches um, that we've seen. But you know when you look at Trace, uh, has he been everything you guys have expected? I mean, as far as just his dominance, he's got these five minute runs where he just looks like completely unstoppable and just just you know, maybe we just go front court as a whole, you know, has trace been what you expected? How, how did these guys compare race Jerome to what you expected preseason? Yeah, I would say yes and no to trace. I mean, all, all the talk coming into the season was were the things you alluded to, you know, could he add a jump shot? Could he be more effective with his offhand around the basket? I, I don't think that he's shown major strides with either of those, but at the same time, I think he's a more dominant player. You know, as you alluded to, he can just completely take over games at times. I, there was a sequence in that Wisconsin game where he just manhandled a rebound away from Nate Ravers and then ran to the other end and and got a dunk on a four on five because Ravers was still trailing from behind. And, And it's moments like that where you realize he is truly, you know, it's cliche, but he is truly a man amongst boys but, you know, I think we've all heard the commentary throughout the season that, you know, does any of this really translate to the NBA? I don't know. Um, so he, he is going to have a real interesting decision, but he's a huge asset for Indiana and a, and a great college player, no doubt about it. 
I think the screaming issue for me in the front court is just a, an overall lack of depth. I mean, I think the race and trace combination is about as good as you could have hoped for. Again, at the college level, I think they're they're elite, but they play too many minutes. To be perfectly honest, I think they've they've worn down some games. I think Jerome Hunter's trending in the in the right direction, so maybe that'll help alleviate some of that burden. Uh, but but I think, you know, I never expected Joey Bronk to play big minutes this year, but I think it sure would have been nice to to get, you know, 10, 12 minutes out of him. And you're going to see games coming up like like Thursday night against like a Zach Eady where, man, it, it sure would have been nice to have that kind of size to, to not have to have Trace and Race try to take that on. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I I would agree but just just about everything Mike said. I think um you, you were waiting to see a different player from Chase Jackson Davis. Instead, you just saw a better player um, because I think that's a lot of what we spent time talking about. I was like, oh, well, you know, he's got to work on this thing and this, there's this drastic miss, missing piece to his game. But I mean, I think like what you really see him grow in is just this, he can assert will in a way that he couldn't even last year. And like when he is angry, frankly, when he gets annoyed and bothered and whatever, it makes him better. And that's not always the case with guys. Sometimes they get frustrated and, and they get out of sorts and whatever. Like when Trace is annoyed and bothered and you can tell that he's sick of either not getting the ball or being defended a certain way, like he steps it up and he just overpowers people. And that's, that's growing up in its own way. Again, like is the jump shot in there? No, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to take it anyway. Um, you know, you've had a, you, he's taken a handful of pick and pops generally hasn't knocked him down and said, uh, heck with it. I'm just going to go to the rim again. Um, and, you know, block people out and post people up. And he's just, I, I, I think he is getting better on what he does around the rim. Um, he's getting better at what he's good at, but I think, you know, he's being a leader now. Um, he's realized he has the voice. He's realized he can look and say, get me the effing ball right now. Um, and he doesn't have a problem saying that and having the cameras pick it up um, for that matter. It's not something that he's hiding and being afraid of saying on the floor and, and in front of guys. He's not afraid, afraid of people outside of the, you know, huddle noticing that he wants the ball right now. And, uh, you know, that's growing up and he's not afraid of calling out guys in, in a way that other people can see it and saying, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do that. Poking guys in the chest and saying, this is your time to do this. Um, so I, I think that maturation has been, has, has been big I, I, to, to Mike's point. It was, it is, and it isn't, um, what you were expecting from him. It, he didn't make the, the growth in the areas that we thought, but he made growth in certain areas that really do matter and make him a better basketball player for this team. Does it make him a better basketball player for whoever drafts him uh, next year? I still think so. I mean, I think the league is, is different. It's, it's, I think evaluating uh, big men is, is weirder now because you're, you're, you're seeing a lot of five out. Uh, you're seeing a lot of guys playing in space um, and, you know, playing in space isn't always making three-point shots. You know, sometimes it is dri dribbling out from a while. Sometimes it is just attacking on the roll. Um, it's a it's a different game and it's a different evaluation. I think he's still uh, looked at as valuable enough as a guy that you want to have on your team at the next level. Um, is he an is he an NBA All Star in two years? Probably not. But I, do I think he can? He's shown enough that I think if he gets drafted next year, will he stick around in the league for a while? I do. Uh, as far as race is concerned, I, mean, I think he's really grown up a lot. Um, added, uh, he's just so much smoother around the rim. I mean, he, they, they don't call a lot of plays for him, but he gets buckets anyway. Uh, really good. I think it making it, uh, you know, just making one-on-one -on -one moves down there, been better rebounding wise, really good at protecting the rim. I didn't realize how many blocks he's got. 
Um, and he's got a ton of those. So he's getting yeah. up and you can tell he's made a, made a big significant physical transformation, not just stronger, but more athletic, more explosive, got a lot more in his base. And that's, I think, making a huge difference in his rebounding and his shot blocking uh, and, and in the buckets he's getting, which is a lot of offensive rebound putbacks, but a lot of, you know, one-on-one taking a, uh, maybe a smaller guy down on the low block and punishing him. So uh, to Mike's point, I think they are, those guys are playing as well as you can, but they just can't come off the floor because of, of Brunk. You can't, you can't not have one of them off on you, you can't have neither of them on the floor. It's, it's, it's not, there is not another guy that you can play at the five. They are your only two options as long as Brunk's not out there. Um, so you, again, you can't put a lineup that does not include race Thompson, and Trace Jackson Davis. Cause otherwise Geron, you know, Jordan Geronimo is your five or Jerome Hunter is your five. And you don't want that scenario at all. Uh, but no, I mean, I think Hunter is starting to tread in the right, right, right space. I think that offensive rebound he had that, that helped, uh, when the Nebraska game was a really good sign defense is getting a little bit better. I wouldn't call him a good defender, but at least you don't feel awful about him being out there at this point. Um, and he's getting good on both ends uh, on the glass shot is starting to go down a little bit more. Um, it's slow with him. And I, I think if it, if it was faster, you would, you would have, I guess, uh, better sort of high trajectory hopes for this, for this team and this program. Um, but he is at least contributing at this point. Well, and the other thing you guys didn't mention with Trace that I think is is important is is the free throws. I mean, you know, seventy one percent. Not only is that huge for for this IU team, you know, this year, he's obviously and he's getting to the line eight and a half times a game. Uh, that's something that you know I think the NBA guys look at, and, and sometimes right. you say, oh, okay, well, percentage is here, so that means that maybe we can project that he could potentially be more of a shooter. Uh, from from that range or, or maybe step outside at, at some point in his career and you know I think you know in the offseason I, I thought well no this this guy he's not going to get much better and, and he might you know I don't know he might not he might come back for a third year but you know the more you think about it you know a guy like Isaiah Stewart I don't know if you remember him as a kid yeah. from Washington he, he's got picked 16th in the draft and he was really a similar big who wasn't really a shooter just kind of a hustle guy um and, and, you know, the Pistons, which granted it's the Pistons. So, you know, uh, it's not all the teams have the same, uh, you know, group think in the NBA, but uh, I think Trace certainly will, will be a, a second round pick if, if he declares. Um, I think Hunter, like you guys said, is just so coming along so slowly. I, I thought it was so funny when he, he took that deep three and then made it and Archie was like, no, no, no. And then he made it and he's like, yes, but then he pulls him out of the game. And I just think it, it's funny to see a coach like Archie uh, have to coach someone like Jerome. Um, you know, he's, it does feel like he's going to have a 20 point outing at some point where he just gets Indiana a win uh, that they maybe shouldn't have. Um, so I think he, he's, you know, for, for just being a sophomore is, is trending in the right direction. And then race is just obviously a guy that, that we all kind of love, you know, going to the the wings um which I, I would include you know obviously franklin um and and I, you know let's just let's do franklin durham and and uh galloway and leal and then we can talk about fantasy and, and lander but you know uh, this is maybe you know franklin's obviously been huge breakout player um 13 a game right now and he's someone who's been injured but he when he comes back uh hopefully healthy he's going to make a huge difference because of his shooting uh because of his defense defense um what is he I think 47 percent right now on three pointers um so he, he's been huge for a team that kind of lacks shooting uh durham has been durham i mean he's he's not been great uh but he's also been 
pretty solid and, and has come up big sometimes for this team. And then, you know, Leland Galloway have been uh, pretty, pretty productive, not, not productive necessarily, but have given good minutes at least for, for uh, Indiana, as far as just being true freshmen. Um, Leo's stepping it up a little bit more now uh, recently and Galloway has just been kind of a constant uh, do it all kind of guy. He does need to probably stop shooting threes uh, for right now, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, he took one the other day that was like, what are you doing, man? Um, you know, what do you guys kind of see from this wing group? It's been a, been a weird one, but, but, you know, I'm kind of optimistic and especially Dustin, this is one that I think for the future actually has mm. some, has some good upside here as opposed to maybe some of the other spots on the roster. No, absolutely. And I, and I think if we're talking big scale, you know, big picture program, you know, where is it going? Uh, you know, Franklin's, um, Franklin's progression this year, I, I think is probably the biggest bright spot in the whole program that you can circle and say, well, that, that is something that is something to, 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 to watch. Um, because again, if you lose Jackson Davis, I mean, Franklin is, is playing like a guy that can be a focal point. Like he is, he was playing all big 10 caliber basketball. I mean, the, the ankle is going to be an issue and he's going to, you know, missing this much many games going to cost him some momentum. But I mean, you really saw him look like one of those two guards that, that, that does it all. And then you can rely on to go get you the bucket when you need it, that if everybody on the floor knows that it says, you know, that he's going to try to score, uh, that he can still score, you know, in, in the, you know, like a guy like an IO, but I mean, like, you know, even Demetri Trice, like those are the type of guys that, that make a difference. You need to have one guard like that, that you can say, all right, it's, it's your ball. It's time, you know, like end of clock, end of game. We're giving you the ball. You find a way to make a play because he was scoring at all three levels. He was hitting threes. He was getting to the rim and he was, you know, he was making some, some plays in the mid range, defending really well, 15 steals. They were starting to be able to put him on an opponent's best sort of two guard, uh, two, three type of guy, um, you know, fantasy is still taking the, the ball handler more often, but you know, it's Franklin that's, that's drawing the IO, um, you know, assignment, uh, you know, again, that's, that's a, just a far cry from where he was a year ago. I mean, he was fine as a bench player. I mean, I didn't think he was terrible last year and he had some mom- really good moments, but he had some moments where he couldn't hit anything. And he's just so much more confident. He came a long way. Um, very clearly the second best player on the team. And if, and if trace Jackson Davis leads, he's, it's very clearly, I think, uh, Armand Franklin's team in, uh, next season. So I think that's, that's big. Uh, that, that's a huge development. The rest of the guys, I mean, I think there, there's good uh, signs. Like you said, Al Durham is Al Durham. Um, I mean, he's been valuable um, and it's, it's been good for them that they've been able to sort of steadily you know, expect uh, stuff out of him, expect 10 to 12 points. Uh, he's definitely been better. I think in the last couple of weeks, he's been more aggressive going after to get his buckets. Um, you know, again, he, he's limited by the simple fact that he is skinny as a rail and he's never going to be an arm, do what he, he will never have the potential to grow that Franklin has. Um, he is, you know, pretty close to topping out as to what he's going to be. But if you get close to that ceiling, that's something that matters. Um, and the fact that he's getting closer to that lately makes makes a big difference for Indiana. As far as Galloway and Leal are concerned, I mean, I think there's been, uh, you know, it's a really good sign, I think, for Leal that he didn't get a lot of minutes early, kept to it. You're hearing really good things about the work ethic. Uh, and he steps in instead of being scared about, you know, getting the opportunity, you know, just bangs a couple threes. Uh, he feels like he belongs, even though he wasn't getting a lot of minutes. I mean, I think that just, you know, that, that I think is such a good sign. And he hit the shots he did against Wisconsin and hit the big three against Nebraska when they really needed one. Um, and he's defending well. He's playing physical. I mean, there's just a lot of things to like for Anthony Little, despite the fact that he wasn't playing very much. And as you mentioned with Galloway, I mean, Galloway does have some limits, not a great shooter, but tough as all get out, getting to the rim, rebounding, playing defense, doing the little things, and just a smart kid. I mean, those are the type of guys that matter. Um, he, he, 
he's not as good as a shooter and he maybe not as good of an overall athlete. Um, but he reminds me of Sheehy um, in, in a lot of ways. He's not as mean and nasty when it comes to press conferences. He doesn't hate us as much as Will did. Um, but he seems to have the same kind of grip and grit and nastiness when it comes to playing basketball games. And that those are, those are players that matter. Obviously they got to put more pieces around him to make him more valuable. You know, he, he, you know, he can't be a guy that in two years is your leading scorer. If Trey Galloway is leading this team in scoring in two years, they've got problems. Yeah. Um, but if he's doing everything else um, and you've got other players around him that, uh, that are, are doing those parts of it, and he's the guy who's doing the rebounding and the defending and, and the little things right, um, he's really good. Again, there's a lot, of, lot to him that is so much more mature, the way he moves the basketball, the smart passes he makes. Um, it just really been impressed with the maturity of that kid coming in as a freshman. Yeah, and 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 Mike, you know, looking at the point guards, you know, we got Finnessy, who's who's been up and down, uh, to say the least. had a, had a nice game, at least in the first half against Nebraska, and, and then you got Lander, who's averaging you know two points a game, eight minutes a game. Um, I, I don't even I don't know if it could be really Lander. Thing's interesting. I don't know that it's necessarily a disappointment. Um, earlier in the year, I was advocating for more minutes because I was just frustrated with Finnessy, frustrated with Durham. And I felt like, Hey, the ceiling is this kid. He's more talented. Uh, but now it just seems clear that he's really just not ready. Uh, every time he gets in there are just, it's just one of those, like, hold your breath. Like, okay, I hope we don't get outscored, you know, AO here. Um, what have you seen from Rob and Christian that, and this was maybe expected to be two starting guards this year from certainly from some people, um, how has this kind of deviated from your initial expectations coming into the season? Yeah, that, that's where I was going to start is another preseason narrative. I think a lot of people thought, you know, that this team finally has two point guards. It can completely change the look that, that they're able to, to go with. And, uh, you know, that last year's experiment with Al Durham with the ball in his hands a lot clearly didn't go well. And then I think already – this season we've gotten to points in games where neither fantasy or Lander is in the game and Al Durham has the ball in his hands again. So that that speaks to to some levels in terms of how that has gone. Um, But I do clearly think fantasy has turned a corner here. Um, Dustin and I were, were talking offline a a few days ago about fantasy's tough luck. uh, And he seemed to have it again, you know, after a, 16 point first half against Nebraska. He hurts his knee. We're, we're all thinking, man, this is serious. Fortunately, he comes back. We don't really know the nature of it or, or what his status is for Purdue. But at the same time, uh, he, he wasn't the same in the second half. It looked to me like he was a step slow. I think he was the guy that was getting beat on a lot of straight line drives in the second half. And so it, it's not clear what, what the injury was or what was going on. But, but, he was really starting to come into his own from an attacking standpoint. And I think that's what's in, from my perspective has been lacking from his game is I think he is at his best when he just kind of puts his head down and, and, and looks to attack rather than, you know, sometimes he just seems like he gets almost stuck and he just wants to dribble around the perimeter or just keep passing around the perimeter and he never looks to go downhill. But I think once he gets himself going, that, that kind of sets up his, you know, perimeter shot as well and gets his overall game going. So I guess we'll see if he's got anything serious going on with that knee and if he can keep things going. Cause I, I, I did like the way he was headed, but, but Lander, I mean, I guess what I see, it's not real clear. I mean, at first early in the season, I thought it was, 
you know, he, he's just making mistakes on help side defense and he keeps getting himself pulled out of the game because Archie just has no tolerance for that. But here lately, I mean, I, I just see a guy whose confidence is just shattered. I mean, I, I could be completely misreading that, but, you know, he's banking three-pointers. He's just he, – he's not catching easy passes. I mean, th- things that, you know, if you think about a guy that's just, you know, his head's not in the right place, that, that's a little bit of what I'm seeing. It's, it's normal freshman stuff, but, you know, I think he came in with such high expectations – from people and, and of himself that, that it could just be getting to him a little bit. And, and obviously he should only be a senior in high school right now. So I'm sure that's part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I was a kid I watched multiple times being local from Evansville and he just, it, it wasn't like he was super productive at rights in high school either is the thing that I don't think a lot of people, this wasn't a kid that was putting up 30 a game, you know, he was averaging 16 points, five assists. I mean, he, he was not, dominating the high school level so I, I don't think it's a shock uh that he's you know kind of slow out of the gate here uh adjusting to to the big 10 and, and obviously uh, adjusting to an iu schedule that has included the likes of texas florida state i mean really punishing teams uh especially for for guards so you know purdue tomorrow night at home um you know the talk amongst many iu fans is that this is a must win game for Archie because he has not beaten Purdue as we know um, both teams eight and five uh, both teams I think you know pretty good um, but also neither team really has a, a spectacular win um, look Purdue's a good team uh, Dustin and I talked about them in the offseason and, and it's you know what we said then was has mostly bared itself out um, you know with a couple exceptions um they're really strong inside and uh they're they're really tough and they're really well coached um so this is an interesting game you know uh Dustin and Mike you know what what are the what is what is what is the main thing you're looking for in this game beyond obviously an Indiana win but but when you look at kind of the matchups what do you look for in this game and what do you think Indiana has to do to win the game I mean I think um there's a few things to I me. Mean, they, they have to at least you have to at least get a, get a cancel out at center uh, between you. Obviously, you have at, at the very least, you have to be able to cancel out Travion Williams. Trace, Trace Jackson Davis has to at least at least even him out um, and probably win that matchup. Basically, I mean, they, again, two really productive players, guys that can score, guys that can rebound. Um, they have to find a way and, and not only even it out between Jackson Davis and Williams, but also even it out just in the five in general. Uh, with Edie and, and Edie has, you know, come down a little bit, you know, has, it hasn't been as consistent, um, but he's still a seven foot four dude and he is humongous. I mean, so he's going to have what a seven inch advantage on everybody who tries to defend him in Indiana. I mean, yeah, that's gigantic. Um, so, I mean, obviously I don't expect him to play 20 minutes or whatever. I mean, the way Williams is playing, I'm sure that they're going to rely on him. Um, and he's been passing out of double teams well, and I'm sure that he's going to be double teamed. And, you know, Purdue is better when Williams is on the floor and being effective than they are when they have Edie on the floor. But Edie still can play, and Edie can still come in and win that matchup, whoever he's dealing with. Um, so they have to at least play that to a draw, minimal, um, to be able to win it, I think. Um, if not, and, and probably need to get an advantage out of there. I mean, like, because both teams are going to try to take their centers away, uh, the respective centers away, and so they've, they've got to find a way to win that matchup. Um, but more than that, I mean, they, they just can't get burned by shooters. I mean, Purdue's got a bunch of them and they've got to be able to close out. Well, uh, they can't go on stretches where Purdue's knocking down, you know, 
three or four in, in a row or something like that. Um, you know, Purdue's got them all over the floor. They're going to be able to put guys who can shoot threes from one to four um, at just about all occasions. I mean, Mason Gillis and Aaron Wheeler are just okay three-point shooters, but they can hit them. Uh, they're capable uh, from time to time, and they absolutely will be able to put guys at every position, one, two, or three, who are going to be able to make shots. Um, so they're going to be able to have to get out there. They can't get beat. They can't be fouling three-point shooters uh, or anything like that. They've got to be able to defend. They've got to defend the ball. I mean, Purdue doesn't have – they're not great at getting to the rim with this group. There's a couple guys that can. Hunter can. Thompson can. Um, but they're better from outside. Um, they're, they're better when they're moving the ball around and shooting it. Stefanovic's really good from outside. Newman's really good from outside. Thompson's really good from outside. Hunter can hit a couple. Um, and Ivy and, and Morton can burn you too. Um, so they're going to have to be able to just, just defend that, that piece. Purdue's going to come at them from a bunch of different angles and India, you know, Miller has given a list about everything he doesn't, um, is worried about for Purdue and he has reason to be. Yeah, I, th- I think it could very well come down to who can make perimeter shots in this one. Cause I agree hundred percent with Dustin. I think both, both sides are going to do their very best to try to take away Jackson Davis and, and Williams respectively. I mean, I think Edie, presents a, a unique matchup nightmare really on both ends of the floor. Cause I think, you know, obviously nobody's going to be able to block his shot. That's something Indiana's done really well is recover and block shots. Um, but, but on the other end, I, I can see them really taking advantage of him, pulling him out into high ball screens and, and, and having su- success cause he's probably not going to be able to recover real, real quickly on those. But, you know, I, I go back to the, the game last year in Bloomington, you know, a guy like Aaron Wheeler, I think had probably his only good game of the, of the season from three point range. And, and you just wonder who's going to have that game on either side. That might be the, the difference here. I think Purdue overall as a team has more potential to have one of those guys. They have more shooters on their team, uh, especially if Armand can't go. So I, I guess we'll see, but I, I suspect both coaches are going to take their chances and, and make somebody have that kind of game. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, it's especially interesting from a big picture. I'm always interested in this recruiting stuff, but, you know, I, I, I kind of buy into the must win narrative, I think a little bit more given that yeah. Purdue's future looks significantly brighter than I use yeah. does. Uh, when you look at recruiting, obviously beating them head to head for Kaufman, getting first, um, their recruiting is, is just better than Indiana's right now. Uh, at least it is for the next few years, their classes right now uh, set up down the road. And then obviously they get a lot more back than Indiana does. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of now or never against Purdue. And, and this is a year where Purdue's not spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. Indiana hasn't proven themselves to be spectacular either. Um, and they may or may not have Armand Franklin. I tend to uh, lean towards not taking Archie at his word with injuries, but We'll see how, see what happens. You never, you literally never know. (laughs) It's becoming absurd. Like today, the thing with Parker Stewart today blew my mind in the span of two sentences. And I went back and listened to it in the span of two sentences. It's like, we're we're nowhere near getting him back for practice. Then it like says a sentence, says something else. So, but the hope is the week they'd be able to start working him in practice. Yeah. I had to go back and backspace and delete my tweet before I could even press send. It was yeah. almost it was almost like the thing in uh, the uh, the Dave Chappelle show when Rick James says, no, I didn't defile Eddie Murphy's co- coach yet couch. Yes, no, I totally <laughs> didn't defile Eddie Murphy's couch. And but it was but yeah, so I mean, you, you don't know because he, he went from, you know, he's we're not going to have him for the foreseeable future to, you know, we're treating him three times a day and trying to get him back for this game. 
you cannot read Archie at all. Like, I, I don't know if he's definitely going to play tomorrow or if he's not. I mean, game time decision is, is a little bit more specific from Archie than you're used to. So I'm guessing he's for real. That right. It's not right. a out three weeks type of deal. Um, but I mean, a game time decision is still a 50, 50 shot, you know, and it does sound like it's a real deal sprain and, you know, you don't know how it's going to react until he's ready. Yeah. And uh, obviously given the way he's played, Armand is a, is a huge uh, kind of swing swing factor in this game. If he is playing um, that's a huge benefit to Indiana, just from a shooting, from a defensive perspective, even if he's not having his best game elsewhere um, guys, I know we're short on time. Thanks so much. Uh, Indiana, plays Purdue tomorrow night that is in assembly hall uh both teams again eight and five should be a good matchup um and the Hoosiers will will then begin what is uh a a murderer's row of opponents uh if you look a little bit forward they they get a ton of of the best teams in the big 10 um and and that's just how life life goes in the big 10 uh guys thanks so much for joining and uh let's see what Indiana has in store for us tomorrow night Thanks, Aiden. Always appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Aiden.